let me let me get my voice right. Brrr. This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. Hey guys, welcome into episode 137 of Latour Live. I am your host, David Latour. It's great to be with you as always. I want to welcome in the best producer in radio. And I do mean that part. I don't just say it because you're quite frankly the only producer I've really ever worked with in radio, <laughs> but you are like the best producer. I mean, there's nothing you say no to. There's no challenge you can't overcome. You want to tackle every possible problem. Am I correct? And I think that's fair. Yeah. And you know what? I, I kind of like being that guy on the stage. I guess I'd probably be considered like maybe like the drummer or the bass player. I'm not always right. in the spotlight, but I like being the uh, the guy that puts adds a little beat to the band. And, and we have two guest coasts with us uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, I saw two we of them. One is... Uh, one is a good buddy, a listener of the show, accomplished businessman, John Norton, and his cat. What, your cat just almost jumped on your head there. What was, what was that? Who is that? Correct. She, uh, she's a micromanager. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. You pushed her off pretty aggressively, too. <laughs> Do we have a name for the cat? Yeah, what's her name? Tabby? Um, her, Lily. Her name is Lily. Oh, okay. See. All right. All right. We're going to warm you. We're going to warm you up here, John Norton. So Please. people uh, recall a couple weeks ago on Twitter, I was just sitting around like I normally do tweeting too much like I normally do. And I'm like, somebody give me a good reason to be a guest co-host on the show. Now, truth be told, John and I have been friends for probably what, 20 years, uh, 15. Yeah, absolutely. I know, we, we lose count at, at, at our age. And uh, John just started making fun of me on Twitter. And that's actually how Adam Klein became uh, a guest co-host. Everybody tries to say sharp, witty, positive things. But I always go with the guys that just make (laughs) guys that guys just make fun of me. Those are the guys that I want to put on the show. Just so everybody knows, like I said, I've known John for 15, 20 years. He's an investment banker, helps a lot of people sell and buy businesses a huge Tom Brady fan. Don't, you know, don't hold that against him. Like you're not a Tom Brady Patriot fan. You're a Tom, not a Tom Brady Buccaneers fan. You're a Tom Brady. Why are you a Tom Brady fan? What, what's that all about? Um, I, you know, I've always been a front runner. I just, I love, I love winners. I, I, I mean, my job, I get to work with uh, the best, most accomplished business people. And I mean, Brady's, you know, just a top performer, you know, he's a top athlete, he's a winner. So I think you can learn a lot from him and he's married to a supermodel. I mean, you combine (laughs) those two things, (laughs) what's not to love about the guy, right? That's fair. That's fair. You're also, uh, John, in your background, you're also a founder of the Harrisburg Young Professionals, one of the like six co-founders or something, whatever the number uh, was at the time, five yeah. co-founders. Yeah. Does that seem like a lifetime ago to you? I mean, HYP's grown so big in the mid-state. I mean, you started like six, five people. It was like 1999, I think, when we started that thing, maybe 98. It clearly is a two lifetimes ago. Right. But- and I, 
and and I met you through Eric Morrison, one of your HYP co-founders, I recall. And he still says it's the best relationship he's ever set up is ours. I think that's fair. I mean, we are as we are as close as two can be without being intimate. And uh, that's why I'm glad to have you on the show. And, you know, we we hung out a lot all those years ago. I, I went on and got married and had kids. You were smart. You stayed single and uh, you're loving your life. Right. I mean, I think you might have played the long game better. I mean, it's you know, the grass is always greener, but I would think during the during this covid. Right. You know, I think not having the stress of a relationship and and having to do the things you've done homeschool. Yeah, I, I think I played the game well. Well done, my friend. You are well played. You are well played. Hey, I want to, John, we talk about all things, as you know, on the show, so I'm not going to waste any time. President Trump right back on the campaign trail uh, this week. Uh, The the fastest guy to overcome COVID at his age and be obese in in, in the last year. It's really all strange to me. I I don't don't think he took his health seriously, but I, I don't really think he cares. So, but I found this interesting, John, this is this is Trump dancing uh, during a recent campaign appearance in Florida. Go ahead. They were also given masks, but there was no mandate to wear them. Most of those masks were put in pockets. Put what in you hear now is a CNN reporter upset. Nobody was wearing masks. Trump is out on the stage dancing while they play Macho Man. Thanks. Enjoy Macho Man. It was friggin' hilarious. Is that the thing that Anderson Cooper laughed about? Yeah, Anderson Cooper just had that look on his face like, oh, my God. Enjoy your macho man. Thanks. Enjoy macho man. Right. (laughs) President of the United States is singing macho man and dancing on the stage. And he's doing all the village people stuff, too. He dances. They they play YMCA out there. Yeah, last night he did YMCA in Johnstown. 15,000 people, John, packing an airstrip in Johnstown to see the president. What do you think about that? You're not a Trump guy. You never have been. That's cool. We welcome all viewpoints on this show. Uh, but it is kind of amazing to see these crowds. I mean, we've never seen stuff like that in our lifetime, I don't think. I mean, he's got such a uh, – it's really kind of like a rabid fan base. I mean, never seen a you know president who's had these people seem to idolize him so right. much. Um, I'll tell you the interesting thing I saw actually this weekend. I went to Eaglesmere. Which, as you probably know, is, you know, we started as kind of an enclave for wealthy Philadelphians. Mm-hmm. But between the highway and the 40-minute drive up to Eaglesmere um, is kind of, we'll call it more blue collar. Right. And the whole way up was Trump signs, nonstop, the whole way. And then you get to Eaglesmere, where it's all kind of the upper class and the wealthy. And it's Biden-Harris signs, just 100%. <laughs> Which I just, you know, thought was interesting because, you know, Biden's tax codes and his policies are going to impact the, those wealthy liberals up in Eaglesmere a lot more, you know, than they're going to impact the people that were kind of on the way. Right. That's just a good to, point. You know, but just to see the polarization of it all. Hey, real quick, I want to play. It's a new bit. This week in Trump deranged syndrome. We even have a new little jingle for it. Go ahead, Parks. This week in Trump Derangement Syndrome. Yeah. 
Something like little Vincent Price in there, folks. Well done. Well done. So Keith Olbermann, this week in Trump deranged syndrome, gives about 20, 30 seconds of that, Parks. I mean, what he says here is just, by the way, what he says here are the kinds of things that help Trump win the that will help Trump win the election if he wins? It's stuff like this that would put him over the top because that's what happened four years ago. Go ahead. Let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump idiot. must be defeated, must be destroyed, must Terror. be devoured at the ballot box, and then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Bars and the Sean Hannitys and the Mike Pences and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouses and the Amy Coney Barretts must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. I mean, if that's not Trump deranged syndrome, I don't know what is. And look, I think Trump, John, is certainly deserves his share of the criticism for how the pandemic was handled in America. I've never shied away from that. He certainly has made his mistakes. But it's the kind of rhetoric like that that is just insane and gets people all worked up and serves no purpose. Just beat the guy at the ballot box and let's get let's get on with let's get on with fixing the country. You know, I mean, if you're voting against Trump, just beat the guy and let's move on. And now as a Trump voter, if we lose, let's just move on. You know, let's just let's just get going. I guarantee you this, John, I'm not going to be Mr. Resistance for four years, you know, trying to say that a peacefully properly elected president somehow uh, wasn't properly elected. I mean, at some point, we got to get past all this Twitter rhetoric of anger and, 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 and derision. I mean, I agree with you, but I don't know how you put that, you know, kind of put that genie back in the bottle. It just seems like over the last five years since Trump started to run that, you know, that Overton windows really just shifted, right? Right. I mean, it's just the way we are now as a society. We just, uh, you know, we're just flamethrowers, um, not a lot of rational thought, you know, but my other thought is who listens to Keith Oberman anyway? I mean, you know, go back to he's broadcasting from his basement. I think we have more listeners than Keith Oberman at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he's like one level above Wayne's world and then one <laughs> level below you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, that. Hey, gang, we got a great show on tap for you today. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get to know John a little bit better. We're going to bring back our old bit swing Q&A for John. And a little bit later, Chip Richter, uh, his daughter Paige was defending District 3 golf champ locally here, and she was not allowed to defend her crown because of uh, one, maybe two cases of COVID in an entire school district. So we're going to talk to Chip about that a little bit later. And then, of course, what we're watching near the end. We'll be right back here on Latour Live, WHP 580. Hey, gang, welcome back in. Good music. Parks is always coming in out of the break. Uh, hey, guys, a couple things. Uh, hey, John, real quick. iPhone 12, you going to buy one? They're like $1,400 if you got like the iPro 12 Max XL, blah, blah, blah. I'm, uh, I've never been one of those like need to have the most immediate technology thing. Yeah. It's 
I just switched from the Blackberry uh, <laughs> to the Palm. <laughs> To the palm right How's now. The palm going? It's great. Um, next year I'm going to go with the razor. I'm really excited about that. The razor. I forgot about the razor. Yeah. You yeah. know what used to suck are those those. So you had like the razor and the palm and even the blackberry, blackberry. and they're kind of cool. But then like you know back then I didn't have my own company. So, so my, my work phone was like those little Nextels, like those crappy little Nextels that were like this big, this wide, they had no personality to them. And it was kind of like, you know, you were going to school with the worst sneakers in class, you know, those little Nextel phones. Yeah. But, right your childhood, Dave, right back I, to your childhood. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I love the razors. The razors were cool. They were flip phone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinny, the skinny little flip phone. Yep. Yeah. And you had to text like bang, bang, right at the beginning. Right. You could text. Video. My favorite phone, and when I backed when I work in the governor's office, was was a was a StarTac. I forget who made the StarTac. <laughs> Motorola. Yeah, that's my uh, Motorola. Yeah. Motorola StarTac. Yeah. And again, it flipped, and it had a really cool holster. And you know, so I'm running around the governor's office as a press secretary, like a badass, you know, and I'm whipping that sucker out, and I'm flipping it up, and I'm talking, and I'm looking cool. I miss stuff like that. Now, you know, we shove big phones in our pockets. Everyone should know that you you're the guy that wore a holster on your belt. <laughs> it looked cool, John. So I said, look, look, nobody should wear a holster anymore. But back then that looked damn, damn cool. By the way, I'm not going to buy an iPhone 12 either. Every year they come out with a new one that is slightly bigger and, you know, has, you know, they're, 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 talking up their 5g speed oh my god 5g isn't available in most of the country so it doesn't even matter but you got to realize 5g is going to change our world nobody understands what it's going to mean it's like right. it's like it's like going from the star to the latest iphone it's going to be such a leap with the 5g technology it's going to blow, right. blow people's minds all right, Parksy, let's hit it here with Norton. We're gonna we've got some really tough questions lined up for this guy and what we call swing Q and A. Hit it, Parks. Swing, swing. Norton, first Bro. first question. McDonald's or Wendy's? McDonald's or Wendy's? That's not even not even close. You want to go with Wendy's because yeah. well because back in high school, when I used to take girls on a date, you take them to Wendy's, they actually had someone pick your tray up when you left. So it's a more high-class establishment. <laughs> swing, swing. Coronavirus positive cases are up, John. But the WHO was warning against future lockdowns, saying they're contributing to massive world record poverty levels and the doubling of child malnutrition. John? If the cases go, continue to go up, should we lock down again? No. Why? Come on, man. You got to have a reason. Come on, man. Well, I, you know, I just think we need to do a better job of reinforcing the, uh, the masks and right. maybe a more rational kind of lockdown. But I just think the economic devastation and the uh, mental health is going to far outweigh if we shut down again. Good answer. Parksy hit. Swing, swing. You're a money guy, John. That's what I know about you. You know money. So I'm going to ask you this question. Monopoly or the game of life? Ooh. Monopoly 
or the game of life? Definitely a Monopoly guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, you know, the land. It's all about land acquisition. <laughs> right. Right. And complete Hotels, domi- development. Hotel development domination. All right. I think that's a good answer. Swing. Swing. Worst yuppie car ever, John. Worst yuppie car ever. Wow. Right. Right. Tough question. There's so many. There's so many bad yuppie cars. Oh, my gosh. Is that what's that's almost stunning. I don't even know what to say to that one. I've Um, got an answer. Go me. Give me an answer. I want to hear yours. The BMW 318i. That is yuppie to a T. That's like, I can't quite afford an expensive BMW, but I can tell everybody I have a BMW. That's the equivalent of like a C-series Mercedes. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, I I agree with that. Any, the minute all those name brands started giving entry-level sedans, they lost their prestige with me. So I think a 3-series, that's pretty, yeah, I agree with you on that, actually. Fair enough. Swing, swing. John. Trump mega MAGA hat or Biden aviators? What would you wear? Trump Ooh. MAGA hat or Biden aviators? Well, come on, man. Let's do it. Well, I'd wear the aviators for sure, but I wouldn't call them Biden aviators. I'd call them more Top Gun aviators. Come on, man. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Fair enough. Fair enough. Swing. Swing. Better athlete in their prime. Tiger Woods? No, not you. Can't be you. Although you are a good athlete. Tiger Woods or Roger Federer? Best athlete in their prime. Now, just so you know, Parksy, John is an accomplished amateur golfer and tennis player, so this is an incredibly difficult question for him to answer. Better athlete in their prime, Tiger Woods or Roger Federer? Wow, that's a great question. Um, just so I'll go with my gut. I'm going to say Tiger because the the streaks the streaks that he had uh, were just unbelievable. They'll never be never be touched again. Whereas we're seeing two guys in tennis right now, Rafa just equaled his record and Federer's yep. record, and and what's his name, Djokovic isn't that far behind. Yeah, okay. I'm, not, I'm not a huge Nadal guy, but yes. Swing. Swing. What letter grade do you give Tom Wolf for how he handled the pandemic? Anywhere from A to F. Boy, he it's. I'm going to go with an F, and I'm not pandering to you and your 10,000 tweets on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just complete, complete lack of communication. Um, you know, not working with the legislature, um, not sharing any data, no communication uh, at all on the subject. No rational thought. Swing, swing. What are your three favorite TV shows of all time? And you, my friend, watch a lot of TV. You've watched, I'm known for my TV watching. The guys watch far more television than I ever have parks ever Hmm. so go ahead john three i did a lot of thought on this and i stayed up all night uh (laughs) studying so in uh, i'll go in reverse order number three the west wing whoa 
Good one. Good. Can't, can't argue that in a, anybody's top three. That, that's very, very good. No. And you've watched, rewatched it numerous times, have oh, you not? Many times. You've yeah, binged many, it. I've, I've binge watched that many times. And, uh, you know, I think we all kind of wish that we had a little bit more of a Bartlett administration. Forget about the politics, but kind right. of a well thought out uh, political leader. And it's just such a great show. So uh, does it still make you feel tingly when you watch it? I that that um, the theme song when it starts yeah. just kind of gets me right. I will say that three B was Friday Night Lights. Ooh, that's another good one. So that's technically your fourth. Okay, that's my fourth. That was. Okay, a I'll give you one. that. Love you, that show too. Are you going to be oh, yeah. watching the remake of The West Wing? It's on. It's that's on. Not tomorrow. a remake. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's. Probably not. It'll be too politically slanted, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, All right, so number two. Number two, and I thought this one out uh, long and hard, Breaking Bad. Wow. Wow. A lot of people say it suffered near the end. I disagree. I thought one of the most poignant moments in that whole series is when he watches at the end and, you know, he his whole life is ruined and he watches his son on his crutches go into that crappy little apartment that was the only thing his wife and he could afford. I, I just thought stuff like that was so moving. Absolutely. I just I thought the whole arc of the show was great and just watching him transform so, you know, kind of uh, slowly from a a meek school teacher into this drug kingpin and, and how he hardened and, and all the characters changed. I just, I just thought it was a great, great show. Really enjoyed it. What was his right uh, brother? His brother-in-law was Hank. Was that Hank? Hank, the uh, agent, the DEA agent. I love that part in the last season where Hank confronts him for the first time. And Heisenberg goes, if all these things you are saying about me is true, then if I were you, I would tread lightly. And that was that was amazing. Yes, just, just amazing stuff. Just amazing. Not how far he went. So that was great. Um, and so, number. So let's build it up here. Yeah. John Norton's number one favorite television show of all time, and I put a lot of credence into this. You know, a lot of people tell me their favorite shows all the time, and I don't really care because I don't really respect their opinions. I respect your opinions when it comes to television. What is your number one John Norton? Oh, let's build it up. The Wire. What the? Oh, The Wire. I, I want to admit something to you right now, John. I've never watched The Wire. I've never watched The Wire. I don't know why. It explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a rundown on The Wire. Your thoughts on The Wire. Why is it so good? I mean... It's just such a uh, the acting on the show is just just phenomenal. David Simon, uh, who wrote and produced it, you know, is a former uh, former cop, Baltimore guy. Um, I mean, you've got Idris Elba in there. um, Omar, some of the greatest characters. Uh, It was so gritty and and, and real and. just some amazing writing and from every season kind of evolved and changed a little bit. So it was a little bit right. different story, a little bit different Kingpin, uh, you know, every year or it's hard to explain. It's just in my mind, the, the best show 
I've ever seen. I think it's gotten to the point where I haven't watched it. So so much the badge of honor that I can't watch it, but I really know that I have to. That's so Dave, you know, I mean, yeah, I think I, I think I've got to figure it out. So hey, we, got right, a question. we got a question great. from the audience. Uh, the audience yeah. wants to know if uh, John did a, a, a Biden and he saw the questions uh, beforehand. Did he? No, I, gave, I, I only gave him the question of his favorite TV shows. Oh, okay. Because we only got 12 minute segments here, you know, putting a guy on the spot telling me and asking him, what is your three favorite tea? I wanted him to give it good thought. That was fair. So he, let me t- get what I take from that question, whoever asked it. And I know it's, it's from the public. <laughs> that was from the audience. Yeah, I know it is from the audience. I know it was one of two people <laughs> who said it. So, A, either they think I'm not brilliant enough to answer these questions <laughs> <laughs> or B, they think that my answers are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Thank you. Hey, guys, we'll be right back with uh, Chip Richter right here on WHP Hey gang, welcome back here. Segment three, Latour Live. Uh, with you again, uh, uh, have John Norton as our guest co-host on the show today and the great Michael Parks on the big board. I want to bring in our guest, somebody we've had on before to talk about later topics. Uh, he's the head golf pro at Carlisle Country Club. Uh, regrettably, he's also my golf teacher. I don't know what that says about his talent as a teacher. How often do you play? Never. This is my first time. Not your best endorsement. Not good for business. This man is destroying golf. So I want to welcome in Chip to talk about an issue that I think is really important today, and it's how school districts are handling our student athletes during this age of COVID. Uh, Just so in case anybody hasn't read the news lately, Chip's daughter Paige is a junior at Camp Hill. She was the reigning District 3 girls golf champion. She did win the Mid-Pen Championship uh, earlier this season, and she was scheduled to compete last weekend in districts. Unfortunately, Camp Hill School District came down with one confirmed case of COVID and possibly one other in its middle school and high school. And for those reasons, the district decided to take drastic measures and completely shut school down for a number of days, which made it impossible uh, for Paige to defend her district title and for Camp Hill to defend its district team title. Now, I think that kind of draconian overreach really hurts kids that are student athletes. I get really tired of hearing people talk about how it's just sports. And, you know, kids will get over it. Most times these people don't have kids or they didn't have kids that were involved in extracurricular activities 
who worked for years to achieve dreams. And Paige Richter was one of those kids who had dreams. And her dream, at the very least, was to defend her district title. And Camp Hill School District took it away from her for what I believe is no reason. So with that, I'll bring in Chip. Chip, what am I missing there? Not much. You pretty well summed it up. Um, yeah, I think that uh, in the Richter family, obviously, the last four or five days have not been uh, a whole lot of fun. Uh, we've been dealing with this, trying to figure out a way to fight this. We've now moved into the there is no fighting this. It is what it is. And we just have to move on and, and, and realize that it's just golf. Go ahead. Dave. So I just want to be clear, too, that so page one districts last year. Page this year at Districts Chip was the clear favorite. It wasn't even close. She was, she would have had to golf like me to lose districts this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, you, you never. I don't really want to go there. I don't. Honest. I know you don't. I, look, let me, I, let me just say that the scores that she shot last last year, right, uh, would have won easily again this year. And she's a remarkably better player this year than she was last year. But finished. I don't want to take anything away. Of course you don't, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not asking. I'm not, and I'm not suggesting you would. But she also finished fifth in the state last year. She would have been one of the top two or three favorites in the state. And basically, what happened here with Camp Hill is we have a situation where people aren't thinking about the student athletes, other than we've got to shut everything down. Now, listen, I get shut down the football program during COVID. I get shutting down any contact, but we're talking about golf. Where, by the way, Governor Wolf reopened golf to everybody else. And golf is an outdoor, socially distanced sport. They took all kinds of precautions, correct, Chip, during the season? You know, and and as the PGA, I'm I'm a board member of the Philadelphia PGA, and I have been on way too many of these phone calls. But if you haven't seen what these kids have been trained to do, uh, you ought to go see it. I mean, throughout the AJGA tournaments in the summer and everything else, they have put in so many precautions. They put barriers in the holes so the ball will not go the entire way down, so you're not sticking your hand in the cup. They don't let them touch flag sticks. There are no bunker rakes. They play lift, clean, and place in the bunkers. Um, there, There's no water coolers. There's no ball washers. The kids are trained to stay 10 feet apart. They don't stand next to each other on the team ground or the putting green. They move around like almost as if there's like a big bubble around them, and it's become the norm. It's become the absolute norm. You got 100, less than 100 kids in, uh, outside walking around on 160 acres and no one's within 10 feet of each other. It is like the ultimate social distancing sport. And as, as you know, someone who's a PGA professional at Carlisle Country Club, I'm thrilled that I, I thought it was ridiculous. It took so long for our state government to allow us to get back to playing golf. Um, there are things we could do safely and there are things we could do not. I have the utmost respect for the pandemic that we're in. But golf was just something that, you know, I mean, boy, it's like you could go out and take a walk. You were, I went hiking at Hawk Rock during the uh, shutdown with my family. And people were going right by me and this, that, and the other and coughing. And I'm thinking, why can you not walk around on a 160-acre golf course with clubs on your back, but you're, it, it's okay to do this in a state park? This makes no sense. I should note, and I know Chip would never say this, but I should note that uh, his daughter was unable to compete Friday and Saturday. And the following Monday, Camp Hill School District had a charity golf outing to benefit its foundation that went on as scheduled. So his daughter could not compete. Her teammates could not compete. But we could have a charity out, uh, outing for Ke- for Camp Hill School District. Uh, no problem on the following Monday. Those are my words, Chip, not yours. Chip, so uh, take us through that day. You actually, guys, tell us where Districts was. You actually went there 
hoping to get a call from anybody at the school district to give you an opportunity for to give Paige an opportunity to golf. Yeah. So it started Thursday night. Um, it was approximately eight o'clock. I was down in the living room uh, with my wife and Paige came down the steps and she sat down and she said, there's no way this is real. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, haven't you seen the email? He said, we just got an email from the coach on TeamSnap that said that uh, school has been suspended uh, until next Wednesday and there'll be no extracurriculars. So we can't defend our team title or any, have any individual play. Uh, I immediately got on my phone, read the same thing. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Try to call the coach, call the athletic director, call the principal. Um, I'm getting nowhere. I finally did get a call back from the principal. Um, he did say uh, he, there was just nothing he could do. He would consider it unethical for them to be able to go play. Um, <laughs> unethical. That, was his, that was his opinion. Let me and, just stop uh, you real quick. Cause I know this and you're not going to say it, but I will. You guys find out around eight o'clock. Um, the district knew about this early in the day. Yet that same night, the girls soccer team played a game at seven o'clock and nobody had a problem with that. But you guys could not play a socially distanced round of golf on third on Friday morning. Right. That's, that right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, so that's you still go the down there. You still right. went down. So Friday morning, it's amazing. I mean, this this entire network of people, many of which we didn't really know that we knew that well. I hear my wife on the phone at 630. I mean, we didn't really sleep much that night. And it was Fran Regan. And she's on the phone. Senator with my wife, Mike Regan's Senator wife. Senator Mike Regan's wife. And she called my wife, Leslie, and they were talking. And uh, next thing you know, uh, Leslie wrote down Mike Regan's cell phone number. I called him. And he said, I'm sending people over to Camp Hill School District from my office right now. This is not right. We can't let this happen. He said, I'm sending people over there. He said, I'll keep you posted. About eight o'clock, he called me. He said, my people are, are there, but there's nobody at the administration building. No one's answering the door. But he said, I need you to get her down there to York because I, I'm trying to get this fixed. And if you're in Camp Hill when it's tea time, that's no good. Yeah. Um, I called uh, and uh, I, I had got some information that there was actually a school board member. One of the things they do in, in these golf tournaments is a coach goes with each group uh, of individual of four girls. The coach is responsible for making sure they keep score correctly and don't break any rules, but also making sure they socially distance. They actually right. have a chaperone with each group, making sure the kids aren't, you know, touching or anything. Gee, seems uh, safe. So one of the uh, – what's that? Seems safe. So a, a very supportive school board member who got wind of this actually hopped in the car and was on their way to York to, to act as that marker for the Campville School District because someone had to be there uh, right. and the coaches, coaches weren't going to be there. So uh, at about uh, nine, I got on site with the uh, official in charge. I talked to this gentleman and I said, hey, we're here. We're in the parking lot. We're hoping for a reprieve. I said, if uh, if that phone call comes, I'll let you know. He said, that's great. Let me know. We sat there uh, at about 950. Uh, the kids got their instructions. And at about 10 o'clock, they walked out on the golf course and uh, and we weren't one of them. Our page wasn't one of them. That was that was a tough moment as a parent. But uh so, I suppose, you know, it, it was it was difficult, but uh, I, I think it was difficult for everybody. It was it wasn't just us. There was a lot of people that supported us that uh, that felt really bad. So we're joined with uh, we're joined by Chip Richter, uh, head golf pro, Carlisle Country Club, talking about how 
His daughter was unable to compete and her teammates in district champions la- championships last week because the Campbell School District decided to overreact, in my opinion, to one COVID case in the district, possibly another one without any evidence that uh, his daughter or teammates were had any direct exposure whatsoever. Uh, they can say whatever they want. I know they're in a CYA mode, and, and, I, and I get that. Chip, what was it like? So you're standing there trying to get her into the tournament, and then it doesn't work, and the mm-hmm. tournament starts. Describe that moment with your daughter. What was that like? Awful. Gutting. You know, I guess – because she works every day. So everybody yeah, understands yeah. she works every day. I know a lot of people would say, okay, it was just a golf tournament. A mistake was made. The timing was terrible, et cetera. But they don't see the 6 a.m. workouts. They don't see. I mean, this kid got her driver's license just a few months ago. But for the last two years as a golf pro, I, I get up pretty early on the weekends and go to work. And you know how most kids like to sleep. Almost every day that the weather was decent, Paige would say to me, what time are you leaving tomorrow for the golf course before she could drive? And I'd say, I'm leaving here at 645. I'd go down and take a shower. I'd come up ready to hop in the car, and there she was ready to go. This is her summer. How many kids get up at that time in ninth and 10th and 11th grade and go work on their golf game literally all day? And I don't mean go out there and sit at the pool and have something to eat. I'm talking work, work, work. And you can ask any one of the hundreds of members of Carlisle Country Club, Every one of them will tell you, I've never seen a kid work that hard. She just loves it. She calls it her happy place. She loves being there, and she loves working on it. So when you see that for years and you know that being uh, being able to play in the state championships are a very big deal to them, and then that gets taken away, you see the hurt in their eyes. And as a parent, it's it's awful. You know, I'm sure anybody who's a parent would say, say, I don't do whatever you want to me, but leave my kids the H-E-L-L alone. You know, and uh, unfortunately, the timing on this one just couldn't have been worse. And uh, we weren't able to work anything out. So what's next for Paige? I mean, because because you can't compete in states if you're not in district. So her season's over right now, her junior season's over. So all she has left is her senior. Does it impact her with college recruiting at this point? Do we know, will we ever know if that has any impact? There's no way it can have a positive impact. Um, Whether it'll be negative or not, I don't know. Um, She's already had some light recruiting. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we're back into a dark period with girls with golf for the class of 2022 right now. And that extends till December 31st. So she can email coaches, et cetera, but she can't really do any visits and they can't really go watch her or anything. So uh, if there was a silver lining, it was any coaches that would have been there. It wouldn't have been there anyway, because they're not allowed to right now because of COVID rules. But um, at the end of the day, I, I would say not playing in something like that, where all the other kids around had a chance to play in that, uh, it certainly can't be a positive thing, uh, but how negative it'll be, I don't know. And the PIAA rules for basically block you from transferring. Like, I would never want to play for Campo again if if I were your daughter. But since she's going into her senior year, she can't transfer at this point, right? The way I understand it, uh, once you start your junior year in high school, if you transfer, you're able to play in the regular season, but you cannot play in the postseason. So even if she tried to go somewhere else, she'd be able to play the regular matches. But once the individual season started, uh, she would not be eligible for that. Well, I guess there's something to be said next year, senior year, for playing for herself and her teammates. And that's what yeah. it's going to boil down to. I think time heals a lot of wounds right now. Uh, you know, there's obviously some uh, some uh, hard feelings toward the uh, school district. 
We'll see what happens with that. I certainly would hope that her college decisions, et cetera, are made well before her senior year. I mean, right. let's face it, the bigger part of this is going to be May through probably July for her class next year. That's when most right. colleges and coaches are going to make their decisions. So I don't know that the high school season will be something that's really necessary for her, but we'll see where it, where it ends up. You, you, hate to, you hate to go out that way. You know, you'd hate to see sure. that, you know, I'm going to go out and look back. I, I wonder if years later you'd look back and say, gee, I wish I'd have, wish I'd have done that anyway. Okay, I got wronged a little bit, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. She's a very, uh, very mature kid and uh, mature well beyond her years. She's handling this a lot better than her mother and I are, I can tell you that much. So uh, so I, I hopefully, uh, hopefully we can let time kind of heal that wound a little bit. Chip Richter, thanks for spending time with us. Please give Paige our best, and we can't wait to root for her senior year. Thanks. I appreciate it. Are we not going into your Masters picks? I mean, the Masters is in November. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about the Masters. Hey, listen, John and I both don't want to talk about the Masters no. because John and I, Chip, we're going to the Masters. So just oh, so you know. Yeah. John well, and I were the ones that were going to the Masters, so we don't really want to talk year. about the Masters without – I hope so. I hope we can go in April. Yeah. Hey, Chip, thanks a lot, gang. We'll be right back here with our last segment, Latour Live, WHP 580. When I woke up this morning, things were looking bad. Seemed like total silence was the only friend I had. A bowl of oatmeal tried to stare me down and won. And it was 12 o'clock before I realized I was having no fun ah, but fortunately I have the key to escape reality and you may see me tonight with an illegal smile it don't cost very much but it lasts a long while won't you please tell the man I didn't kill anyone no I'm just trying to What you watching? What you watching? What you watching on TV? What you watching? What you watching? Time to tell old dealer T. Like that song, John? That's good. Good little jingle. It's good little jingle. My workouts. (laughs) John Norton, financial guru, co-host of the show today. What are you watching? Um, you know, gotta be honest. There's not a lot of like current or new shows out right now that I'm digging. And everybody, I've heard you talk about Fargo. Watch two episodes. It's just not catching me. It's okay. Um, I'd say the same thing for um, uh, what's that other show you guys keep talking about? The Boys. The Boys. I like that show. I think that's a really great take on the superheroes. But um, it, it just doesn't make me, you know, I don't need to binge watch that. Gotcha. So I'm going back to the old kind of comfort food, um, like Adam Klein. I'm watching Miami Vice. I'm now halfway through season two of the original Miami Vice. But you have to watch it on NBC's app, right? So you have to deal with all the commercials or do no, you have it on DVD? It on, uh, on Stars. So I'm doing that. That's it's on Stars. It's on Stars. Yeah. I don't know if through all of the all of the seasons, but Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to make it through all the seasons. What I found is that I think the, I mean, we all know the first few seasons were pretty good at that show. Right. But it kind of started going down a little bit after 
Tina Easton made her appearance. Right. So I think I'll probably make it up to that point and then just kind of move on. This is Miami, pal. Um, and watching, uh, I'm watching Billions for like the 15th time. I pretty much <laughs> have that on Hyperloop in my office like all day long. I think it's just one of the, the best written shows uh, probably ever. I think uh, Koppelman, who writes, does a lot of writing, is probably this generation Sorkin. Great soundtrack, right. lots of pop culture references. It's just phenomenal. So watching that, uh, uh, and I think we're all happy sports are back, right? So I watched the NBA playoffs, uh, which I almost normally never watch. But, you know, King James is kind of running down his reign, and you love him or hate him. You know, he's one of the best ever, and I don't want to – like, I didn't watch a lot of Larry Bird back in the day, and I kind of regret that. Me too. Well, so no, now, I did. I was just a Sixers fan, though. Yeah, Sure. I, you know, I watched a few of those games, but not enough to appreciate them. And I'm, you know, watching LeBron right now just because I think you've got to watch the greatest. And I think he probably is. I was really rooting for uh, Jimmy Butler there. How dare you say he's the greatest over Michael Jordan? That's like blasphemy for guys I like you and I are age. it over. Oh, for God's sake. All right. Good, good list. Parksy, what are you watching? Um, what you watching, literally and figuratively. Uh, literally, I, I w- went back to the good old days. Remember back in the 80s when uh, the news channels just had car chases and stuff like that? Yeah. And all the movies were fun and all the TV series were fun. And I flipped past it and I had to watch the entire thing, Spaceballs was on <laughs> and i just and i'm watching this whole thing and i said it's this is one of those is as big as mine i see your schwartz is as big as mine it was just one of those stupid funny movies and it just made you laugh the whole way through uh figuratively what i'm watching is all these ads that are on tv now to vote now make sure you vote and even using pa tax dollars now shut to run these things vote. just shut up i i just it's just really scary of like all those ads and the nba and nfl and everybody else pushing the agenda so that was sad so that's uh what i'm watching from a distance okay let me go through my list uh i just finished season two of the boys i thought it was a fantastic season i really enjoyed it what i like about the boys is every episode is like a small movie and at the end, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe that happened. And then I then, you know, you can't wait for next week. So the ending, the season two last episode of The Boys was exhausting. It was literally exhausting. I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Another show I've started to watch um, four episodes in is called Tehran. And it's an Apple Plus series. And it is about a woman in the Mossad that goes undercover, deep undercover in Iran. And look, it's your usual Middle East cloak and dagger, uh, you know, spy thriller series. And that's okay to watch once in a while. It's a lot of fun. So I I really enjoy Tehran. Um, I agree with you, John, on Fargo. The first 40 minutes of Fargo, when they went through the whole history of that town, of the different mob factions coming in, it was the Jewish mafia, then it was the Irish mafia, then the Italian mafia. I'm sure I'm missing one. Then it was the African-American mafia. You know, how about one would usurp the other? Maybe I didn't miss one. But I thought that history and the way they filmed it was fascinating. And now it's just kind of slow. Now it's just kind of slow, and I'm not that excited over it. Um, 
but I think you make a I think you make a really good point. And then the last one is a uh, Mission to Mars series on Netflix called Away. Uh, you know, again, your typical type of space story and lots of issues and hair raising experiments. And they're on this thing for three years and they've got to get along. And it's a lot of fun and I really enjoy it. So I think that's a lot of good choices. Miami Vice on Stars is a great tip, probably the greatest tip because I wasn't aware of that because I won't watch other seasons because the NBC app still has it on commercials. They got to move over to Peacock, John. So. Well done. John, how did you do? How'd you do today? Were you happy to be on? Was it was it your dream come true? Was it everything you thought it would be? It was a little bit better than when you think you went a free vacation to Florida and then they try to sell you a timeshare. <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better than that. John Norton, thank you so much for joining us. We really loved having you on. We will definitely do it again uh, if you don't sell your microphone. Uh, and, and Michael, uh, I also want to thank Chip Richter for being on the show today. And obviously, Michael Parks, truly the best producer in radio. Thanks for everything, Parksy. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week, episode 138, right here, Latour Live, WHP 580.